OTB AM. I was really triggered. We don't want Johnny Sexton having any part of any Netflix curse ahead of the World Cup. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Off the ball, daily. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Mead legend Nigel Crawford. Nigel, how are you? How are you well? Good. Um, I'd imagine you were very happy with the opening weekend. I was at a couple of the O'Byrne Cup games that Mead played. I have to be honest, didn't didn't blow me away exactly. But it's amazing going down to Cork for on the on that opening weekend. It makes such a difference to get a result. Here. There's a spring in your step almost going into round two. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Super start. Um, best thing for that new management team. Really just can't emphasise how important that is. But what I would say is I don't think they'll be getting too carried away with it. Um, I was just reading there that Cork's record in the first round of the league over the last, I think, seven years. They've only won it one, once the opening game, and that was when they were in Division Three. So, you know, they're, they're slow starters. Um, but for me, super, super result. Really happy with it. Um, and it's given the county a lift. I think there's huge optimism there now at the moment. Has even Colm O'Rourke's appointment, Nigel, did that give things a, li- a bit of a lift as well? It's just such a marquee name, uh, obviously as a player, then as a pundit. And I think the fact that he would take a punt at this stage and put his neck on the block, I think was a big statement too. Yeah, yeah. He's been telling us all how to do it for the last <laughs> 30 years. So it'll be nice to see him now on the other side and we can criticise him. But uh, no, I, I know Colm well. I was surprised with the appointment. I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, but yeah, great appointment. I think um, he deserves a chance. I think it's good to see him in the role. Um, so I think, yeah, people were happy to see that. Again, it was a surprise. I think um, there were other names expected to be appointed and he kind of came out of left field. He said that was the third time he's put his name forward for I'm not sure I believe him on that. I think there was other times in the past where Mead looked for him and uh, he maybe wasn't available. So I don't know if I believe him on that. But I think, yeah, with, with his experience, with the name he has, I think it's the right appointment for me. I think it gives them a lift. Um, I think bringing Sean Boylan in is a great move as well, having Sean as part of his team and just the connection there to... Um, past glories with Sean and, and the skills and qualities that Sean brings to a setup. I don't think that's specific to a particular era or a team. Like Sean is so great with um, people and, and knowing people and seeing things in people. And I think it was a great move from Colm doing that. And some of the other selectors he has in with him, like I played many years with Stephen Bray, played with Barry Callahan as well. Like Barry was a super smart footballer. Um, really knowledgeable um, and Stephen was one of the best forwards me have ever produced so and again a, a recent player someone that the current players can uh, really relate to so I think Colm has put together a really good team then he brought in two additions from the Mead ladies team who had such huge success again you know that's going to bring a winning culture to that setup I think we started to see some of that influence as well with him and then um, Shane Supple and goals you know I think you know, you said you weren't too excited about Mead in the uh, O'Byrne Cup, but I think, you know, didn't concede goals, not conceding big scores, albeit they conceded plenty of points the last day, but starting to see some positive signs there, which is great. It just, I actually went down and studied Colm for the second half of the O'Byrne Cup game against Leash because it's one thing looking in the stand. I was just wanted to hear what message he was giving him and they were kind of going laterally across the field at one stage inside the 65 and he just kept shouting, go forward, go forward, mm. trying to play. Does it look like that to you, that they're trying to play positive football? 
Yeah, and I'm delighted to see that. And I think Mead people generally be really delighted to see that. When you look back at Mead's success under Sean Boylan and other managers, it was playing direct positive football like that. It's, it's I think, in the DNA for Mead and how they play. So not a surprise that Colm is bringing that. But I think it's great for the game as well. And for too many years now, we've been looking at teams hand-passing backwards and kicking balls back to goalkeepers. People don't want to see that. And, you know... It, to me, it's not something I particularly want to play. Um, so maybe it's going to be a bit chancy. Maybe it's going to, you know, leave us open to potentially conceding scores at the other end. You know, big points were scored against me the last day. But I'd much prefer that. I'd prefer that than, you know, going into this dour shootout where we're afraid to kick the ball forward and afraid to put it in for a man to try and win it. Um, I know that's maybe a bit of a throwback, but for me, that's the way the game should be played. And I think it can be played successfully as well. I don't think you have to play that safe game to win. When you have forwards of the calibre of like Killian O'Sullivan, Jordan Morris, Shane Walsh as well, you do want to get the ball into them as quick as possible, get them on the ball. They're, you know, they're able to do things. They're able to, able to make a magic up front as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you look at successful me teams, they got goals. And why? Because they gave balls in early and long and it creates those mismatches. It gets gets your forwards one-on-one or better chances. Um, so I think it's the right tactic to play for me. Um, certainly delighted to see that. And then, you know, you put it on the shoulders of these forwards and let them take on their men. Now, again, bit of caution here, first round of the league against maybe not a brilliant core team or a core team that hasn't been prepared or is up to speed quite yet. But I do think, you know, they're going to face tougher challenges, more organised teams like Clare and obviously Dublin are in their league and Derry, you know, teams like that who have strong systems there who will be prepared for that. But I do hope me persist with this and really go for it. There's a nice, the, the idea of playing Dublin in Division 2, there is something kind of special and unique about it and exciting about it, I'd imagine, from a Mead point of view, because they've had the strong arm, arm on you for long enough. It would be nice to, I suppose, kick back a bit of realistic resistance, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, and I think a league game is a good place to start that. Um, it's probably a long time since the two teams have faced off in the league and realistically in the championship over the last, probably... 13 years now, Mead haven't really been that competitive at all with Dublin and nearly there was a feeling going into these games it was damage limitation and never should that have been the way in Mead-Dublin games and, you know, I think in a league game like this it's probably a free shot that Mead can have a real cut at them and really go after them and see how that gets on and bring that confidence then maybe into a championship, a Leinster championship game against Dublin. So it'd be exciting. I'm not sure if it's home or away, but it'd be exciting seeing that. Um, I'd be great if it was in Navin, seeing that, a full crowd there for that. Can I just ask you about Donald Keoghan as well, Nigel? Like, I don't know if the wider GA uh, public realises just how good he is. Like, he's an absolute gem of a player. He's captain this year. He's been around for well over a decade now at this stage. Like, And he's performed unbelievably well in maybe teams that haven't been up to the level of previous teams. But just give me a bit of background on him. Like, he's a a unique fella off the field as well, by all accounts. Yeah, I don't want to embarrass him now and, and age him, but I actually played with Donald. Donald was in as kind of um, a development player when I was finishing up, so that shows how long he's been around. But a super player, really, really great servant. Um, 
I think it was Colm maybe who actually said it himself that, you know, he would have been a really strong player and got into any me team. And I think that's true. Um, a real gent, a good guy, um, but a hard, tough player in the mould of old me defenders as well, where he just gets on with it, hits hard, but plays fair. Well, maybe some people would say we weren't always fair or defenders, but um, I, he, he was a fair, tough, he's a fair, tough player and plays that Mead style of, um, strong defence and he, uh, he's a really really good um, leader and I think you need that you need a couple of leaders there and Colm needs that in his team that few fellas like that who can bring on some of the younger players and he's also a throwback to when Mead actually did beat Dublin and you know a period when he played with players who would have um, experienced that so he can be that link and bring that team forward and a really important player for me going forward what do you think is a realistic goal or aspiration for Mead under Colm? Like he kind of stated that, you know, putting it up to the dubs and ultimately beating the dubs is like, you can't really aim for anything else and you have to try and stop their Leinster dominance. What do you think is realistic? Um, It's a hard one. Like I'm, I'm after coming from Ballyboden under 10 football training this evening and there's over 100 boys under 10 boys playing in that and that's replicated in clubs all around Dublin so they're up against a machine and Mead won't be able to compete with that in pure numbers so what they need is they need a crop of players coming together and someone like Colm and Sean and the management team they're really bringing them together like I don't know if they can sustain that over a long period of time but certainly at the start they need to bring that and I think in the first year there's a really good opportunity I think if they could you know, get a couple of wins in Division 2, you know, establish themselves well there and push uh, for promotion, that would be a great start. But bringing it into the championship, I think Mead need to get back to not this damage limitation against Dublin, about really going out and having a go. Look, if that's not good enough and they get beaten, so be it. But I really want to see Mead teams have a go. And I think the Mead public wouldn't have a problem with a knee team going out against Dublin and losing as long as they had a real go at them and put it up to them physically and in football terms. I think in the past it felt like we were defeated going into the game. Um, I don't mean that as a slight on any players. I think that was just part of Dublin's dominance and aura. But I think if Colm can get that, that for me is success for him and where we really feel neither competing and he keeps the energy that's there now. Look, it's going to be down. They're going to have tough days. But... If he can keep this momentum going and keep people behind him, he'll have the full support of the county behind him, as will the team. And I think that will really um, give Mead football a lift, which is hugely important for uh, Leinster football and for the wider um, All-Ireland series as well. I have to ask you quickly before we go. I remember you telling me uh, for an article in the Sunday Independent in 2016 that the GA hung the players out to dry around the loud Mead fiasco in 2010. What have you made of how they've dealt with the current Glenn and Kilmacud Croke saga? Well, they haven't learned from their past mistakes, that's for sure. I think we're about eight days late with this judgment. It should have come out on Sunday evening or Monday morning. I don't know why it took over a week to do it. I think it's ridiculous. Again, it shouldn't have been brought back on Glenn and Kilmacud to resolve this. I think we're facing an inevitable challenge. It's unfair on amateur players and um, clubs like that to be put through this. I think as a big organisation, I love, I love football, I love hurling, but I think the GAA really let themselves down at times. And I think this is a perfect example of it. They should have come out straight away and made a decision. And I think both teams would have lived by it. 
I think now what's happened is dragged on for over a week. It's unfair. These are amateur players who are working of other commitments. And now this has been put back on them. It's inevitably going to drag on. And I think it's the GAA, again, abdicating responsibility, not having a proper um, system for dealing with issues like this. You look at the amount of officials that were there on the day. Again, between the officials, the body, everything like that, it came down to the club having to make an appeal, Kilmacud then having to object, and now we are about nine days later only getting a ruling on it. So very disappointing, I have to say, and I feel for both clubs actually in this situation. Nigel, thanks a million for joining us. Really appreciate it. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Michael. All the best. So Gaelic football coverage on Off The Ball is in partnership with AAB, proud sponsors of the Football, Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.